Paige. And I'm Liam. We're your summer interns. Welcome to the service. Exciting news. For all children up to grade four, we're thrilled to announce another children's summer camp. But this time, camp, camp is, is coming, coming to you. you. For four weeks throughout August, we'll be putting on our disguise and going undercover as spies. Each week, you'll receive a special assignment delivered right to your door. You'll get to build gadgets, crack codes, and go on secret mission adventures. Through all of these interactive puzzles, we'll learn about the coolest mystery of all, God. God. Registration is open now. You can find a link to the form in the description below this video. Thanks for tuning in. Enjoy the service. Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to another Sunday, and you'll see that I've got my mask on. Christopher, where's your mask? Uh, right. You need to get it. Oh, you look... Oh, gosh, I just... You look so good in pink. It is my color. <laughs> hey, this is just our way of reminding you that uh, in Simcoe County, anyway, starting tomorrow, uh, you will need to be wearing one of these when you head into the stores. And we thought we'd give you a little friendly reminder about that today. So, that's enough of that. I just got mine on. <laughs> it smells funny. Well, good morning and welcome to our Q&A Sunday. Uh, it's really exciting. I'm glad to be here. We're going to be answering uh, your questions that have been submitted over the past few weeks. So we've got a few of those lined up, but if you had some questions that have not yet been answered or that you haven't submitted, we have a number that you can text and that will be showing up periodically throughout the service to remind you. So if you had a question, go ahead and fire that off to us. Uh, and we're, we're really thrilled that you've joined us and that we can do this for you this morning. Before we get there though, uh, we're thrilled that Mark Code is, has come in and read scripture for us and uh, is going to start off our service that way. So uh, we're, let's kick it back over to Mark. Good morning, everyone. Um, my name is Mark Code and I've been attending New Life for about five years now. This morning, our scripture reading is taken from Romans chapter 8 and verses 26 to 31 in the New Living uh, Translation. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father, who knows all hearts, knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And we know that God causes all things to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son, so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him, and having called them, he gave them right standing with himself, and having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. What shall we say about such wonderful things as this? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Let's pray. Father, we come to you this morning and uh, we want to thank you for your word first that reassures us that you're with us always and that the wisdom that we need is available to us as we look to you 
and that we know that even in these difficult times that we're going through, that all things work together for our good, for the good of those who love you. We just pray that you would continue to uh, show us your will in our lives, help us to follow, to listen, and uh, just be with us as we listen to your word now this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So once again, thanks so much for joining us. As we said, today's our Q&A Sunday, so any questions that you might have, there's a number at the bottom of the screen here, and you can text those questions there. Uh, it is free of charge, so, and even if it did cost something, I'm sure that the answer is worth it. I'm 100% stealing that joke from Paul. Paul, I wonder if you could bring us up to speed on where we've been throughout this service. Uh, yeah, the series, rather. It's, it's, been, um, <clears throat> it's been fun doing this over the last uh, four Sundays. So everybody wants to ask the question, like, what does God want from, from me? And, and I like to phrase it, what does God want for you? Mm -hmm. um, and so we just have answered that question the best way that we can. And we've talked about a number of things. So first of all, you know, Scripture is a, a great help for us when we're trying to understand what God wants for us. Mm -hmm. um, then the second week you talked about um, wisdom, kind of wrapped up in the idea of our reason, ability to reason or be rational and how um, God gives us wisdom in Christ and scriptures say that we have the mind of Christ. Mm -hmm. And then the, the week after that we looked at community and so like people getting together and saying, hey, what is God saying to us? Or what is God saying specifically for me? So, and these things don't just stand alone. They, they kind of are cumulative or they work together. So we don't, de we don't compartmentalize each of them. They should all be pointing in the same way. And then last week we looked at uh, the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. and how God literally uh, in his spirit, um, you know, allows us to understand more and more uh, what he's up to and what he wants for us. So that's the four weeks that we've looked at and um, and it's been fun going through that and then seeing some of the dialogue that people have because um, I think a lot of people wrestle with this with this idea of like what if I get it wrong? You right. know, is, is God going to be upset with me if I, if I choose the wrong thing? What if I chose the wrong person to marry or what if I'm in the wrong job or mm -hmm. you know what if my shirt doesn't match my pants? Um, you know, yeah, and that's something for another time to talk about, but mm -hmm. yeah, no comment. <laughs> so that's the recap uh, over, the, over the past few weeks. Wonderful. Yeah. So we have a few questions that have come in over the past yes. few weeks. We'll yeah. start with those and then perhaps at the end, uh, if you have any questions at home that you've submitted, we'll take a look at those that have come in and pick some of our favorites. We probably won't be able to answer every question that comes in. Uh, so please don't be off-put if yours doesn't get selected, uh, but fire them off anyway, we'd love to have them. Yeah. So, the first question uh, is coming in here, why is it bad to look for a sign? Yeah, I, I saw that question when we did the poll, mm -hmm. and, um, and initially you could, you could answer that question and say, well, it's bad because, but I don't think I want to do that mm -hmm. because because I'm not sure I want to say that someone who's looking for a sign is a bad person. Right. So, so I think we need to be careful in how we communicate that. I think the idea of, of behind this question is about how well you understand who God is mm -hmm. and 
your level of maturity and understanding that. So, um, like I showed the the very first Sunday, I showed that picture of London when we were thinking of going to London, you know, and I joked about that being a sign. We weren't asking for a sign, but I could see how you would actually take that as a, as a sign. So I think people have this idea of signs because in the scriptures there's this guy named Gideon, and you can read about him in Judges 6 to 8, and God wants him to go to, and the story is he's to go to war. And so he wants to know that God's going to be with him. So what he does is he puts down this fleece and he says, and I can't remember exactly, but the first time he says, make the fleece wet and all the ground around it dry. Mm -hmm. And then that's not enough when God does that. So he does it again and says, this time make the ground wet and the fleece dry. Yes. And, and so I think sometimes we read that and we think, well, if Gideon could do that, then why can't I? Right. And um, so I can understand you know, how people would read that. And, and I think this is that idea of understanding how, you know, rather than using the Bible as a prescription book, and this is a good example where we, well, if he did it, then, then that should be what I do. So every time I need to have a big decision, I'll ask God, you know, for a sign of some sort. Right. Um, but I think this is where seeing how scripture points to Jesus and seeing it as this love letter to see the heart of God, rather than uh, this book that's trying to dictate every facet of every decision we make, that, that changes where you end up when you read your Bible in those two different ways. So in Acts, um, you know, another example in Acts 1, chapter 1, um, after Judas uh, Iscariot, who betrayed Jesus, he dies, he hangs himself, and then in the book of Acts, we read that they wanted to choose another disciple to replace him. Right. Yeah. So it comes down to two guys that they're choosing between, a guy named Joseph or Justice, and a guy named Matthias or Matthias, and they um, flip a coin, don't they? They they cast lots, yeah. and so we're not entirely sure exactly what that was all about. But it's like casting dice. Well, you know, we'll throw the dice and we'll let the dice decide. Um, the thing in that is, I think literally for them it was just, hey, there's there's two guys that are both qualified, so you know, we don't really know which way to go. So we'll do this, and then we'll take that as, mm -hmm. as God's will. But I think the more you understand who God is. Um, the more you understand what he wants to do for you in and through Christ, mm -hmm. uh, the more you're able to get away from needing that sign. So one of the weeks we looked at Romans 12, um, verses 1 and 2. And in verse 2, I believe it says, let God transform you into a new person mm -hmm. by changing the way you think. Then you will be able to begin to understand what God's will is. Yes. And I think there's this idea of the closer we get to God, the closer we, we come to him through our ability to understand who Jesus is, God does that work within us. And he begins to transform our lives. He begins to change the way we think. Mm -hmm. and, as, and I think that changing is our awareness of who God is and how he operates. So we don't always have to be you know, looking to God for all these directions because we begin to understand we've got the spirit of Christ within us. And the closer we get to God, the more our heart beats like his heart. Mm -hmm. And within that, we've got all this freedom to do all these things because as Philippians 2.13 says, God is actually working within us to do what pleases him. Mm -hmm. So the very thoughts we have are the thoughts of God. So I think it becomes much less about, you know, do I need a sign for this and that? And just much more about, I know how God how, what his heart is. I know how he's thinking about this world. Not in every way, but 
but I think it becomes much less about all the specifics and we become much less worried about getting it right or wrong mm -hmm. and much more aware of just, you know, this is, this is what God wants for the world. So I have lots of freedom within that to do all these different things. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's how I, how I treat that one. No, that's, that's wonderful. It's interesting how, uh, like, in Jesus' life as an example, we don't see him casting lots or looking for signs. And, I mean, he was God in the flesh, yeah. but even though he's God in the flesh, we still see him taking that time to go and be with God alone and, and pray yes. and be, to be with yes. him. So that nearness to God seems to be something that yes. even Jesus modeled for us. Yes, and he talks about, um, you know, what he's giving us is from the Father. Mm -hmm. You know, what he's doing is the Father's work. Where he's going is is where the Father wants to be, mm -hmm. and and that's not Jesus the superhuman, not like us. That's right. Jesus the man yeah. who is talking that way. And um, yeah, and I know we're not Jesus. We don't have this wonderful thing about being both divine and human. Mm -hmm. But but I think sometimes when we look at Jesus, we think I can't be like that because that's Jesus. Right. And yet I think Jesus is the most human of all humans. And mm -hmm. when we come to him, we become more like him. And so I think what he's doing is showing us how it is possible mm -hmm. to be fully surrendered to the will of God. And therefore, the things that we're doing are the very things that God wants us to be doing anyway. Mm -hmm. That's so, so good. Uh, so you'd already sort of hinted at this, but the second question that comes to us here is, how do you discern the will of God without using the Bible like a prescription book? Yeah. Um, yeah, I have hinted at that. Um, I think, and I and I have, I mean, as a young man, I lived this way. Mm -hmm. Like, I've got these different decisions to make. So I'm like, okay, there's got to be a Bible verse in here that can, <laughs> that can help me with this. So I'm scouring through, and, I, and I'm kind of treating this book like, hey, you got this problem? Well, just go to this passage, and then that will tell you yeah. how you're supposed to behave. Now, to be fair... I think there are all kinds of principles that we find portrayed in Scripture yeah, yeah, and lived sure. out, and those principles we can draw out from the stories mm -hmm. and apply them into our own lives. Um, so that's, I think that's a very valuable, helpful thing. But um, I think, you know, the idea of, of using it um, like this prescription book, I think it ends up creating a... a I think it distorts our image of who God is. Mm. So, you know, when we treat this like, I've got to find the right answer in here, I think behind that there's this sense of if I don't get this right, God's going to be really upset with me and he's going to be angry at me. And, and I think we end up using the Bible as this kind of tool to keep us uh, in the straight and narrow, because if we if we get out of there, boy, are we ever in trouble? And and I just I think that 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 brings us to a very different place in our relationship uh, with God. So I think the scriptures are meant to show us God's heart, and the scriptures are meant to bring us into a fuller awareness of who God is and who we are, and and always bringing us, you know to the person of Jesus, and then seeing in Jesus the most complete revelation of who God is, which is ultimately showing us what God wants right. uh, when, we, when we turn to Jesus. I think when we, when we use the Bible as a prescription book, it brings us um, to a kind of God that I don't know that we want a relationship with 
a kind of God that you know has given us this map, and we got to figure out how to read the map. And if we go wrong, then you know, ooh, pitfall, right. uh, way to go, or we went the wrong way, squash. I don't think you want a relationship with a God that right. you know wants you to, to to decipher the code. Um, I think that's a kind of God that um, usually fills us with fear, mm-hmm. and and a God that we keep at arm's length. Right. Um, and I just wonder sometimes how many of us are living with God at arm's length because we're not sure uh, we want him too close. But I think that's partly because there's a lot of growth in our life that needs to happen in understanding how he operates and, and who he is. So um, I think when you read the scriptures, read the scriptures so that you are open to understanding and seeing God at work Mm. and seeing them as this as a library of books rather than a single book a library of books where each of these people are telling us this love story of God and humanity Mm -hmm. of of God's love for all of the universe including us as humans and when we do that that that's just drawing us more and more into the heart of God and not um, not a God who's distant and removed and mysterious Mm. at all times right so if you're just joining us, we're asking a few questions from you, actually. So we're answering a few questions. If you have questions yet to submit, please text that number at the bottom of your screen. And we'll be getting to those uh, just after a couple more that have come in before. So uh, they're coming soon. We'll be getting to those. Uh, so, Paul, the, the third question. And we, again, we, we've been talking about Jesus a bit this morning, yeah. which makes sense. Um, but this question is... Would learning the will of God mostly come from the life of Jesus? How would you respond to that? Yes. Okay, so the fourth question. <laughs> no, I understand you have more prepared than just that. I do have more prepared. Yeah. Um, but I think it's a great question. Like, because I harp on a lot about, about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I would answer the question... Yes, it, the will of God is mostly learned in the person of Jesus. But, but I can also say, but there's all throughout Scripture, you can see God's heart. You can right. see what God wants for humanity. Um, so I wouldn't say that you know, Jesus is the only place that mm-hmm. you could find God's will. I think right from the very beginning, um, from Genesis right through all of the Hebrew Bible, into the New Testament and the revelation of Jesus through the early church in the book of Acts and then all the letters that are written by by the apostles in the early church, they are laying out for us um, the heart of God and and what God desires for us. But all of that is always pointing us back to the person of Jesus as God's ultimate revelation of himself. And if God is ultimately revealing himself in Jesus, then, then he is showing us his very heart you know, John 1.18, you know, um, no one has ever seen God, but Jesus, who is dear to the Father's heart, that word about, you know, mm-hmm. the word is like God opening up his chest and out walks Jesus and says, you want to see my heart? Here. Right. And, and he shows us himself in the person of Jesus. So John 14, verse, verse, um, verse 8, one of the followers of Jesus, Philip, says, Lord, show us the Father and we'll be satisfied. Right. And then Jesus says to him, well, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Mm -hmm. So I think to understand God's will is to see that culminated in the person of Jesus. 
And so the Apostle Paul talks about um, um, the mystery of Christ and the mystery of, of God's will that has been kept hidden, but now is being revealed fully in Christ. Right. And, and as you read those passages in Ephesians 1, Romans chapter 11, uh, as he's talking about um, Jews and Gentiles, Ephesians 1, he's back there talking about everything being culminated in Christ, this mystery of God. Chapter 3, uh, verse 3, verse 6, verse 9, uh, he's, he's doing this again, and it's about people coming together. Uh, in Colossians chapter 1, he goes on and does very much the same thing. So there's this, this idea that, you know, the will of God for, for creation, we find revealed in the person of Christ. And that is God bringing people together. God restoring, reconciling all things. And then all those things are under Christ. So in some ways, um, I just... As silly as it sounds, I say to people, the more you understand who Jesus is, the more you understand who God is, the more you will see clearly about what it is that God wants for you, mm -hmm. for me, and for all those around us. Um, and it's not, it's not so much a mystery in the sense like we still don't know. It's something that seemed hidden but now has been revealed. Mm -hmm. And it's been revealed since the time that Jesus came. So, yes, Jesus is the best way to understand God's will, but you can find examples of God's heart all through the scriptures. Right. Yeah. Wonderful. So our fourth question here is, uh, well, it's this. Why does God make it so hard to know his will? Yes, because that's why. <laughs> that um, was utterly unhelpful. Come on. <laughs> um, I... Yeah, I think for some people it really is difficult, um, but I don't think it has to be. I don't, think, I don't think knowing the will of God is difficult. I think what it comes down to is our understanding of God. So some people have this understanding that um, every decision we make has to be the right decision. And, and, and again, their image of God is somehow he's hovering above, and if we don't get that right decision, then then, you know, we're in trouble. Mm -hmm. And and so there's this kind of portrait of, of God as this cosmic judge or a policeman who's watching us right. and is, you know, just waiting for us to screw up. And I think those images of God are prevalent among lots of people. So sometimes mm -hmm. when someone says, I don't believe in God, you know, my response is, yeah, I, I hear you. Which God don't you believe in? <laughs> right. um, because I think their image of God is likely not the way he reveals himself mm. in Scripture. Um, and so that, that, that image of God is, is a very Greek kind right. of image of God. So the, the, the Zeus so, image, lightning bolts and smiling. Yes, and, and that's a very old image of God, and mm. yet it's still very prevalent in our world today. And I don't think that is the image of the God we find revealed in Scripture, mm. or revealed in the person of Jesus, which is why I just come back to, if you want to understand who God is and how he operates in this world, you've got to understand and get to know who Jesus is. Right. And, um, and it I'm just, I'm losing track of, of the question, but it was about, you know, why does God make it so hard to know his will? Um, 
because I think we're living with that. You know, I need to know, should I, should I marry this person? Should I marry that person? Should I have this job or should I have that job? Mm-hmm. Should I be driving this car or that car? Um, and I think the closer you are to understanding who God is in the person of Jesus, all of those decisions um, take care of themselves because you're aware of how God's heart, how his heart beats. Right. Um, and there's lots of freedom within that window of, of walking with God. Now, mm-hmm. there, to be fair, some people would say, no, everything is predestined and laid out, and, and that is just a, a different ways that Christians will read Scripture. So it just depends on where you are with that. I would be a person that lands much more into God has given us lots of ability to, to go where we want when we're close to Him. Uh, we've got lots of freedom mm-hmm. um, to live out life the way that that we want because the way that we want will actually be what he wants to so yeah so i don't i don't think it's that it's that difficult um it really does boil down to get to know jesus more Mm -hmm. and you'll begin to understand who god is and how he operates in this world Mm -hmm. so well so um from my own perspective i can actually like i understand why it's sometimes as confusing as it seems or why it seems as confusing as because <laughs> we, we look at the person of Jesus and truthfully like it, it seems very different sometimes than what we see say in the Old Testament or even perhaps in, in the letters but yes. there are certain stories where we look at in the Old Testament we go why on earth what is happening in that yes. story it's crazy yes. and Judges is full of those stories yes right? um, so how, how many respond to that like how do like for, for me as the person who's just confused like I, I don't see how Jesus is the same as this Old Testament yep. God yep. how about what, what you say well, now you're getting into a different topic. I, I suppose so. I don't mind going there. Um, <laughs> so, and, and this really is about how we read Scripture. Scripture flat, does it all have equal authority? Mm-hmm. Or are there, uh, you know, this is where I would say, when I read the Old Testament, so the book of Judges, mm-hmm. or 1 Samuel 15, um, all of that to me is fulfilled in Christ. Mm-hmm. And so when Jesus comes around and he says, you've heard that it was said, but I say to you, Jesus is actually placing his own word as an authority over these Old Testament scriptures. So I take all of those passages in the Old Testament and I read them through the lens of Jesus and how he interprets those for us. Mm -hmm. And so I think there are times when when we think the God of the Old Testament is very different than Jesus. And I would simply say um, those texts get translated through the lens of Jesus. And if there are times when I still don't understand that, there's, there's a tension there. Uh, I think sometimes I have to be willing to say, I will, I will suspend my interpretation of this if it's not making sense, but I will hold to what I see in Jesus. Because nice. that is God's most complete revelation. There's this Old Testament genre literature literature or Jewish literature called Midrash Mm -hmm. and it's you know the noun form of this verb drash which is about you know wrestling with right and so I remember this uh, old Jewish rabbi talking with me one time um, about a passage in Isaiah and he says you must drash (laughs) and and what he was saying was was you have to wrestle with this passage Mm -hmm. and I think sometimes we don't do that enough we don't give ourselves time to just sit with it and maybe spend years trying to understand 
something that may not make sense. This is God, after all, that we're talking mm -hmm. about. So for us to think like we can fully comprehend him in a short time, mm -hmm. uh, I think is a little bit silly. But I always take the stuff I don't understand and I hold it to what I see in Jesus. Mm -hmm. And if it's still not meshing, then I will stick with what I see in Jesus. Uh, so, if you have any uh, questions, please feel free to text them to us. We're going to jump now to the, the well, user-submitted live yeah, questions. Yeah, we'll go a bit longer this morning, too. We've been trying to stick to about 30 minutes, but we're going to go longer this morning. Yeah, so, when the questions dry up, then we'll, uh, we'll see where we're at. And we expect you to stay with us. <laughs> so, uh, first question that we have here is this. If we're free to do as we like, what if it involves doing something that might not be what God wants? The example that's given is like a job that might focus on wealth for some at the expense of others. So if we're free to do as we like, what if it involves doing something that might not yeah. be what God wants? So I think that's that passage in Philippians 2.12 or 2.13 where it says God is, is working in you and giving you the power and the ability to do what pleases Him. Mm -hmm. So you know, the closer we are to God in the person of Jesus, uh, the more that we're just living and doing the things that beat with the heart of God. But I think, you know, this is where it does get down to the nitty-gritty. So someone would be saying, like, well, um, you know, and this would have been true for in the early church. I'll, I'll use this as an example because it's the one that is in my mind right now. Um, people in government or soldiers who came to faith in Christ um, had to make a decision that, okay, now that I am... Uh, a follower of Jesus, I can no longer stay employed as a soldier, which would require me to potentially take someone's right. life. Yeah. And my understanding is that Jesus calls us never to do that, uh, that Jesus calls us always to love our enemies. So that person who is aware of the heart of God for all of humanity is then left like, do I keep this job or do I not? I think the same would be true for, for wealth. Like I would be the first one to say that there are systems at place in our society that just keep a few um, in wealth at the expense of so many other people. Mm -hmm. And if I was in a job that, that perpetuated that, and I'm knowingly perpetuating that, then I think I have to rethink, you know, what does it mean for me to follow Jesus and, and yet use my gifts and talents uh, in a meaningful way? Mm -hmm. I don't think that means that anyone who's in the, in the finance sector is, you know, against God's will. Um, but I do think, you know, knowing God's heart makes us think seriously about what we are doing and, and how we can work to make a, a change and a difference in that. Mm -hmm. And there might be times when someone actually comes to the point of saying, like, I need to change careers um, mm -hmm. because I think that the one I'm in now is really um, perpetuating a system that is against the heart of God for people. Mm -hmm. And his heart, you know, not only in Jesus, but throughout Scripture, his heart is always for the poor, the marginalized, the oppressed. And um, so that's, that's kind of where I would go with that. Mm -hmm. So another question that we have here is, uh, well, I'm not, I'm not sure that I understand the question, but it's how do you conquer the unity with God's will? I'm not sure I understand that question either. How do you conquer the unity with God's will? I don't know, because I'm not sure mm -hmm. if that's... If you texted that question and can text it again, um, that would be helpful. Mm -hmm. um, 
How do you conquer the unity with God's will? Yeah, I'm not sure if there's a typo there. I'm literally at a loss of, of what that means. I apologize uh, for not understanding the question. Uh, well, this one's a bit more straightforward. So, should we not make decisions until we discern the will of God, or is there room for learning as you grow? Yeah, thanks for asking that question. So, if we don't know, do we just stay frozen and not make a decision, or mm -hmm. can we grow? Um, there is always room for growth. Right. So, uh, so sometimes I've I um, one of my mentors from a long time ago, and he's um, now passed. Uh, Luke Kiefer Jr. talked about the will of God. It's like riding a bicycle. Um, just keep pedaling. Right. Just keep pedaling, and God will steer you where you want to go. And I and I think there's there's a good word in that. Um, <clears throat> I think if you look at Jesus and the disciples throughout the Gospels, they are on this constant journey of of making mistakes, right. thinking they yes. were doing the will of God, and yet they're making mistakes. So James and John, uh, when they're in a Samaritan village that doesn't want to let them stay there, they're, they're looking to Jesus and saying, should we cast down fire and, and smite them and <laughs> burn them? Because we think that would be a good thing that God wants us to do. And, and Jesus rebukes them. And, uh, and, I, and I think he doesn't like, you know, just cast them aside and kick them out. Right. You know, you can't play with me anymore. Um, <laughs> And he regularly, regularly is confronting them on their lack of understanding, mm -hmm. but in a very loving way, and then just drawing them more and more into himself in relationship. So, um, so yeah, I think there might be times when we pause. And, and again, this is, I want to come back to what we've recapped. Like, we can use scripture. We can use our own God-given uh, ability to reason. Um, although, you know, psychology today would now say, like, we're not as rational as we think sure. we are. Yeah. Um, even in our, you know, the whole idea of the masks. Like, um, when they say the more people that wear masks, the more it will become common. Because we instinctively, we go with the herd. Right. Yeah. So we think we're rationally choosing to do something, but the crowd actually has an influence on us. Mm -hmm. But we do have that. We do have the community. And, and I think, you know, Scripture is so important for us to... What we want to do should match what we find in Scripture. But what we want to do should also be something that we talk with the community about. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so I think these things kind of all come together. So there might be times when we need to pause. Mm -hmm. When we were trying to decide, should we go to England or shouldn't we, it wasn't so much about if we go to England, somehow that's the wrong decision. Or if right. we stay home, that's the wrong decision and God's going to be upset with us. We could have done either one and been fully within what God has equipped us to do and called us to do. But we took, um, we took months with a group of people and we prayed together and we talked and we discerned together mm -hmm. um, before we made that final decision. So, yeah, I think sometimes you do, you do wait. And then other times you don't let that, um, uh, what's the word, paralyze you right. with fear for, for making the wrong decision. Yeah, that's interesting. It just it reminds me of kind of like sitting at a crossroads and, and yeah. I mean, I think we've all been there in life where you're, we, we sort of think in right decision, wrong decision, which yes. is the right one. Yes. But so often we're actually sitting between two completely equal right decisions. We just don't know which yes. one we would prefer or which one seems right. So Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So like I'm just thinking of the story of, of um, Peter. Um, 
you know, just wanting to rebuke Jesus when Jesus was talking about his, yes. his impending death. And Peter is wanting to say to Jesus, like, you can't, you can't do that. And so, um, and it's not, you know, fully in line with God's will, no. But what Jesus does is he corrects him, but then he just, he, he keeps him close. Mm -hmm. and, and so I think, I think, again, that's this idea that we, we may act on something and in later times realize maybe that wasn't the best decision, mm -hmm. but I don't think it's the sense of, oh, we've got to be afraid that we made the wrong decision. Right. Um, but yeah, take time to pause. And, and I, I think I harp on this a lot because we are so individualistic in our culture. Right. Um, be vulnerable enough to ask other people in your life um, and, and get input. Mm -hmm. and, and I think I just think we don't we don't do that enough um, because it's it's scary and we kind of think like well who are they to tell me what I should be doing right well they're your brothers and sisters in Christ and if they love you they'll be honest with you about some of this stuff mm -hmm. and I think for a lot of us um, we would save ourselves a lot of financial problems we would save ourselves a lot of relational problems if we would invite other people into our lives to actually speak openly and lovingly with us. Mm -hmm. So, that's helpful. Yeah. So, uh, I think one final question here. Sure. And I mean, you just talked about vulnerability, and, and perhaps this is uh, a fitting then. So, the question is how do you personally get in touch with God's will? Um, I think I personally get in touch with God. Mm -hmm. uh, so, how do I get in touch with God's will? Is I work at trying to stay close to God through, I just call them sp uh, spiritual disciplines. Um, so one of them is, you know, not just reading scripture, because I, again, we, in our Western mindset, we read scripture because we're looking for an answer. We're trying to gain data and information. So we think that if we know more, somehow that, that right. makes yeah. us closer to God. Um, and I often will read scripture. I talk about rather than me reading scripture, I want to let the scriptures read me. Mm. So I come to reading my mm. scriptures with an open heart and saying, God, what is it that you want to teach me in this moment? And so it might mean that I read a whole book, like you know, some of the New Testament letters, it takes 20 minutes to read them. It might mean I only read a passage. So for example, this past week, I've been stuck on a passage in, in 2 Timothy about correctly handling the Word of God mm -hmm. and wrestling with what that means. And, and, and actually, I've had some wonderful revelations about how I might have been misreading that, that passage or not understanding it clearly. Um, so, so, you know, memorizing Scripture, meditating on Scripture, um, doing uh, solitude. Um, sometimes one of the most spiritual things I do is I go into my wood shop and I, and I make sawdust. Um, and I just spend that time alone kind of communing with God or I might look at what I've made and think about the process of it and then reflect on how God is actually doing the very same thing with me. Um, and being in community. Like, mm -hmm. so, uh, and I don't think that's an introvert or extrovert. I think actually, you know, being in community, committed and engaged in, yeah. in a community with other people who follow Jesus is a wonderful way to get to know the heart of God. Mm -hmm. um, because it is, we're called into God's family. We're not called just me and God. Right. Um, so those are some of the things that I do to practice, uh, practice knowing God's heart, mm -hmm. knowing God's will. Um, 
and there might be different ways that, that you would do that. Some people enjoy nature, some people enjoy, um, well, even for me, reading a good book, like a book that stimulates me intellectually, um, that is actually a way that I connect with God. Mm -hmm. You might think, you know, you're a nut job for, for doing that, Paul. Um, but for you, a walk in the woods would be just as fulfilling. So, um, yeah, there's a whole bunch of different ways. It's not just, you know, read your Bible and pray, which is the standard answer that we've often right. given. Um, and for a lot of people, reading their Bible is really boring. Mm -hmm. um, I would say don't give up on it. Like, you know, stick at it. It's like your vegetables. It is good for you. Um, and it will make a difference in your life. Mm -hmm. but, but there are other ways that you can connect with God right. and explore those. Well, thank you for sharing that. All right. And thank you for your questions and for, for joining us here. I believe uh, to close off. Yeah. I had Mark read from Romans 8, and I just want to read this for you again. Uh, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. And so here's, here's this picture of the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit at work. The Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. That sounds a lot like trying to figure out God's will. But the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And then this verse that is quite famous for a lot of Christian people, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. And that whole, these verses are all in context of how God is ultimately moving everything towards that culmination at the end in Jesus. And that's all things working together for his ultimate purpose, not necessarily for your individual life and your own prosperity. Um, and then down uh, in verse 34, he's, Paul's talking about, you know, nothing separating us from God's love. And then he says in verse 34, who's going to condemn us? No one, because Christ Jesus died for us. He was raised to life for us, and he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand. And this is what he's doing. He's pleading for us. Mm -hmm. So in this passage, you've got God the Father making his will known. You've got the Holy Spirit communing with God on our behalf. You've got Jesus himself communing with God. So you've got the this triune God who is doing everything possible for us to be right with him and to be with him. Um, so that kind of brings me back to like God's will is not a puzzle to be solved. He's already made it known and clear in the person of Jesus. And the more that you allow yourself to be turned towards Jesus or to be tuned towards Jesus, uh, the more you're going to have your own heart beating with God's very rhythm. Mm -hmm. And, and, um, this idea of living out the will of God will become something that becomes very natural for you because you understand who God is and, and how he's just longing for you to share in his life, for you to know his love, for you to be freed from your sin, for you to be part of his kingdom and to stop living in ways where you're trying to keep earning that. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, that's my little, Wonderful. little encouragement for us today. And uh, it's a great passage of scripture um, even just for today, I'd encourage you to pick up your Bible and read Romans 8 and, and hear this wonderful message about what God wills for us. Mm. That's great. Yeah. Well, once again, thanks for joining us. And uh, I'm going I'm to pray, pray for us. Pray for us. Pray us. Pray for us. So I'm going to be uh, away for a couple of weeks here, taking a, a break. Um, 
this Thursday night, I would like to invite you to join us for an online prayer time. And uh, it's at 7 p.m. There's a, a link in the email that went out uh, yesterday, Saturday. So if you're not on our Saturday email, go to our website, newlifecallingwood.com. Sign up to get that email. Scroll down to the bottom. You can subscribe there and, uh, and you can get that link. We'll send it out again. Thursday, 7 p.m. We just want to get together and pray. And, and I'll lead that time. And I invite you to, to join me for that. And right now, I want to pray for us as we conclude our time here this morning. Father, thank you for Christopher. Thank you for um, just the fun way of being able to dialogue like this this morning. Uh, we thank you for the, the invisible people on Sundays right now. Um, for Tim, who's hiding out in the back corner, um, clicking and making all the things work the way they're supposed to while we're doing this. And uh, thank you for all the people that have been uh, working in, in partnership with us um, to try to keep us together as a community as much as possible. God, we always want to know your will, and may we, uh, may we be able to see that in the person of Jesus, that we would understand the mystery of Christ, that God is reconciling all people to himself and to one another. And uh, may we continue to grow more and more into the image uh, of, of Christ. And may we reflect your glory with uh, ever-increasing measures and uh, be image bearers of the living and true God. Thanks for the day, and thank you for the opportunity to gather together like this. Amen. 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 Have a great day, everybody. Hopefully we'll see you Thursday night, 7 p.m. God bless. Bye for now.